What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me today. We are going to have some fun. Speaking of having fun, I kind of shut down for the last week and um, had a nice spring break with the West family. We went down to Florida for a few days and hung out at the beach and uh, much needed rest here before we kick up on the next leg of the brand new tour. And that's taking place actually March 24th. It's about to begin. So um, if you haven't gotten your tickets already and you're wondering where we're going to be performing, get ready because this weekend is our first weekend back on tour with special guests Jordan Feliz and Hannah Kerr. It's going to be so much fun. Go to brandnewtour.com, brandnewtour.com to find out where we're going to be. I know we're kicking things off in Texas, about to hit the road with the band, and we can't wait to uh, uh, to see what's going to take place at these concerts. I'll tell you what, I, I was so fired up to uh, to start the tour off and just see these audiences, everybody ready to worship, ready to be together. So don't miss it, brandnewtour.com. We would love to worship with you. We got to be together, guys. We got to worship together and uh, gather together in community. Uh, I've needed every single one of these nights, and I feel like the audience has as well. So make sure you're part of one of those audiences. We've had a lot of people taking road trips too, which has been a lot of fun. So maybe you want to pick a road trip, have your own little spring break vacation by coming to hang out with us. Sounds good, huh? Sounds like a plan. All right, here's the plan. We're about to get into today's show, and I can't believe that I get to have this guy on the podcast. I've been an admirer of his for a long time. We've gotten to uh, know each other a little bit over the past several years. Uh, he's a former Heisman Trophy winner. He's one of the greats, and I'm not just talking about his athletic accomplishments. I'm talking about just who he is as a person, who he is as a Christ follower, and he's about to fire you up in a big way, both with today's conversation and his brand new book that just came out called Mission Possible. This guy's on a mission. Uh, he knows that he's here for a greater purpose than just the celebrity he's he's gained from his uh, accomplishments on the football field. Uh, God's using him in a big way, and we are about to get fired up. I feel like we're about to go to the locker room, and Coach Tebow is going to get us ready for the game of our lives. So let's go to the story house with my buddy Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, it is an, an honor to have you on the Matthew West podcast. On a scale of nine to ten, what's your level of excitement uh, being part of this it's podcast 11, right now? Okay, let's it's just 11. be honest about that. It is eleven, man. <laughs> I'm drinking with Matthew West. Let's go. All right. There's a reason why I'm on your podcast and you're not on mine. Okay, let's just be honest about that. That's what I'm talking about. That's the answer I was dreaming of, man. It is so it's so good to see you, man. I'm I'm such a fan and admirer of uh, of the way you live your life day in and day out, and the way you inspire so many people. And I got to start off by just saying congratulations on the release of an awesome new book, Mission Possible. I got to tell you, I want to know like scoring a touchdown, hitting a home run, winning a national championship, winning a Heisman releasing a book where does releasing a book sit in terms of celebratory moments in in your career in life i will say i think it's really cool it's really exciting it's really fun especially to do it with you know so many people that support you and a team that makes it all possible i don't know that it necessarily compares to like winning a championship or something with your <laughs> teammates but i i will say that what comes through being able to try to write something that you feel like God has put on your heart. I feel like to hear the testimonies and the stories is more important than any game or touchdown or home run would ever be is to be able to try to encourage people and their God given purpose and try to encourage people and share the good news of the gospel and try to encourage people to bring that all over the world. Like 
there's nothing that can compare with that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And that's what this book's about to do in a huge way. And that's what you do day in and day out. And now you're you're putting those stories and that inspiration in the pages of this book. The last time I got to see you. I actually want to tell you this is, is you actually um, and your family actually have been a part of this book, too. And you don't even know how. So well, what's that? Uh, so I have a ghostwriter, AJ Gregory, who's amazing. But then over the course of the, uh, you know, a little over a year, I've been able to to bring someone else on the team, Wyatt, who's who's awesome. And he's been really helped with um, he, he graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary and he's been helping with theology and research and, and studying. Well, uh, I don't remember how many years ago your dad at a conference in West Virginia pulled him to the side and prayed for him that he would find his purpose in life. And now he's working with me on telling people about how they can find their purpose in their life. So it's kind of cool That's how God just used so many different stories and brings everybody together. Man, that is a, such a great story. And I think we got to meet him. You know, uh, my dad, the listeners of this podcast know my dad well. He's a big part of the of our whole ministry. And we have a nonprofit ministry together. And he's a prayer warrior. And when I looked at the title of your book, Mission Possible, and, and the challenge that you're issuing chapter after chapter, find your purpose, find your calling. God has great plans for your life. You know, it echoed so much of when I think of people who've been living Mission Possible, I think about my dad. And so just to think of about uh, the fact that he prayed for this young guy who's now pouring into and and to be able to be one of your support team members. That is such a cool way to, that's awesome, man. It really is. So tell, so tell your dad, thank you. And uh, it's just amazing. And so your dad had an impact and an influence on this book that hopefully has an influence on a lot. Man, that is so awesome. Tim, my dad's going to freak out when he hears this part of the episode because he is such a huge Tim Tebow fan, as am I. So the fact that dad just got a shout out from from Tim himself is such a cool thing. And uh, we were together at this event called uh, Life Surge, and you were going to be speaking at the end of the event. I was singing a few songs here and there throughout the day. And I got to tell you this hilarious story that you probably weren't even aware of, but they sent a lady out to introduce me and then she was going to introduce you to speak and I was going out to sing a song called do something and then everybody oh, was so fired up song. yeah but to hear you get up and speak and every time I've heard you speak man I've been so fired up it's it's been just one great moment after the other because God's gifted you to inspire and and move people in the direction of the calling God has on their lives but I'll never forget this lady gets up to speak uh, to introduce and she goes ladies and gentlemen in just a moment the man you've all been waiting for. And you can hear the crowd kind of hush. And then she goes, but first, the man, bef- <laughs> the man before the man you've that all been waiting so for. <laughs> oh, no. And she, oh. And she, called me, she called me up on stage. And so I called my publicist. I said, I need you to add this to my bio. He's the man before the man they've all been waiting for. <laughs> I just thought that was, it was amazing. Oh, and no. I thought that was just such a hilarious moment. And you know what? You were the man they were all waiting for. That is not spoke. true. I am, first of all, I, that is not true at all. And no. I am so sorry. That is crazy. <laughs> I thought it was the best thing ever. But, uh, hey, man, this has been such an exciting thing. I think you've been uh, making the rounds, getting to tell the story of this book. Um, I saw you on Fox and Friends, and I think it was Good Morning America. And what what have you heard people saying about how this book is already speaking to them? And what's it kind of been like getting to kind of share this book with the world? It's only been a couple of days, but it's been pretty encouraging just to be able to hear some of the the testimonies um, already, which is just so inspiring. And, And, you know, just honestly when when I started to to write it uh, Matthew it's just dang I, I really had a, a heavy burden on my heart it was weird because it was a burden it was a passion to to want to share it, but then it was also a feeling of a weight um if that makes sense of you know, because I think I was I was wrestling with a lot. I was wrestling with I want to you know inspire people to go out and live this mission. But then I think I was also seeing 
so much hurt and so much, um, so many lies that the world is throwing at people, especially young people. And you see these statistics, like a third of people say that that they're lonely most of the time or all the time. That young people say more than sixty percent of them say there's nobody in the world that believes in them. And how twelve percent of our daily thoughts are spent in, in some form of comparison. And just in 2020 alone, more than sixty-six hundred ten to twenty-four year olds committed suicide. I could go over and over and over and over and over again. And Matthew, what's happening is whatever we're doing and whatever we're sharing, whatever we're telling and however we're leading, we are missing the mark with teaching the next generation what really matters because we are telling them that your value and your identity comes from from money, fame, and power. Your value and your identity comes from how many likes. Your value and your identity comes from all these shiny things, and that is not at all the case. I do not believe that is truth. There's a lot of people that have them, and a lot of people that have them are still empty. But your value and your worth comes in who you are and whose you are in Christ. But then also your value comes from knowing that I was created in love, by love, and for love. And the God of this universe has a purpose and a plan for me. And I believe that he's got a mission for every single one of us. And that mission is possible because of what he did on the cross. And he's the one that overcame the impossible. And so we have a possible. We have a mission that is not one that is overly daunting. Yes, it can be hard. Yes, it can be frustrating. Yes, it can be overwhelming. But we have to know he did the impossible so we get to do the possible. We get to live out the mission he has put in place. And listen, we don't have to do the hard work. What we have to do is what he has equipped us and what he has put in our path. And we got to be willing, just like the lad in John 6, to say, hey, here you go, Jesus. Here's my loaves. Here's my bread. Here's my fish. Here's whatever the heck I have. But I got to put it in your hands because the miracle didn't come because how much he brought to the table. The miracle came because he put it in the miracle maker's hands. And we got to be willing to say, you know what? I have a lot or I have a little, but that's not what made the miracle. Period. The miracle wouldn't have been different if he had less bread, less fish, more bread, more fish. The miracle came because he was willing to give to the miracle maker. And I want to encourage people, listen, whatever you have, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever your job, whatever God has called you to do, you put it in his hands and you be willing to go. You be willing to stay. You be willing to give. You be willing to pray. You be willing to do whatever he's called you to do. And there will be more worth, more joy, more satisfaction, more peace, more significance in that than anything you could possibly do. Man, that's so powerful, man. You are exactly right. And I wonder like how many people are trying to figure out what their purpose is in life or if they've been made to feel like somehow they're insignificant, their story doesn't matter. How could God possibly have a plan? I read something where you said you used to always get the question, are you dating anybody? But ever since you got married, you've noticed the more predominant question is, you know, how do I find God's plan for my life? How do I figure out what my mission is? I think deep down, without even maybe being able to verbalize verbalize it sometimes, uh, isn't one of our deepest fears is that somehow we're living our life off mission. One of the lines in the song says, um, uh, my biggest fear is waking up to find what matters is miles away from what I spent my life chasing after, right? Like getting the end of our life and realize that maybe we were on a mission, but we were on the wrong one. We were on the wrong, the one that didn't have an eternal value. It was a temporary one. So being off mission, people are, I think deep down, we're all afraid of, we don't want to live our lives and, and not have it count for something that matters beyond the temporary. I tell you what, it terrifies me. Yeah? It absolutely terrifies me. I believe one of the greatest forms of tragedy is at the end of your life, looking back and saying, I was successful in all the things that didn't matter. And Ooh. Matthew, I just tell you, there has been way too many times in my life, and, and I know this if I'm being honest that I know I've been searching and I have wanted and I had I had so many goals for stuff and I know deep in my heart that I really wanted that sometimes more than what I know actually mattered. And I know that, man, I love the Lord and I knew that I had a mission. I knew that I had a purpose, but man, I also wanted these shiny things. I wanted that praise. I wanted that platform or I wanted to to shut critics up or I wanted to accomplish these things. And and Matthew, those things aren't necessarily wrong, but when they're everything, then all of a sudden Jesus and the mission becomes less than what it needs to be. And I want to encourage people that success isn't wrong, but if it's only success, it's not going to mean much. But if you take your success, your platform, what God has given you, you can turn that into significance right? And so you can turn all of those things, 
But man, don't end up at the at the end of your life saying, hey, I was successful, but none of these things actually matter. And I love how you said you're terrified by that because it's like you're, you're terrified in the best way, right? It's like uh, sometimes like the word conviction gets a bad rap. You yes. know, it's like conviction is is the holy spirit it's it's saying hey it's god saying i have more for you right it's john 10 10 jesus said he laid out satan's three-point plan for us he comes to the thief comes to do what steal kill and destroy in other words get us off mission ruin the mission abort mission mission diverted and we're off in a ditch somewhere but jesus said i have come that they may have life and have it to the full and a life to the fullest is a life on mission talk about i mean the crazy thing about your life is that all so many challenges you faced. I don't want to say all of them, but so many of your challenges are not only challenges that you face personally, but you face them in a public platform. Can you talk about like what would you say is one of the most challenging missions that you faced in your life? One of it was what I was just talking about: uh, running after success versus significance. Um, because I'm very driven, but sometimes I've been driven for the wrong things. But then I would also say another one in my life that, if I'm just being honest, I think it was I'm a people pleaser. I want to be liked. I really do. And I couldn't understand when I was really young how my dad was so bold. And and I even write about in there how how my dad would even stand up in restaurants and he would pray before we would eat and he was so loud and how I just kind of sink down in my chair and be like, "Oh my goodness," you know? And I, I couldn't I couldn't understand how he was so bold. Like even even in in movies where someone makes fun of themselves, like I cringe, you know? Like and I don't like that. And my dad was so bold. He would literally go into a marketplace in all these countries and he would stand up and he would say, you know, get on some some little bucket or something. He would say, hey, guys, I got the best deal in the market. And he would preach to everybody there. And I, and I knew it and I believed it. But, man, wow. I, couldn't, I wow. couldn't understand how he was so bold. I just couldn't understand it. God continued to work in my head and my heart. And listen, I'm still by nature, a people pleaser. But what I had to do was I had to say, you know what, that's my emotion speaking. And I got to let God's conviction speak louder in my life. And and God was convicting me, hey, listen, you're afraid of what other people are going to think. What about what I think? Are you not willing to be made fun of? And and, and that's in a, a time when I, I really went to the University of Florida and I loved the Lord. But still, it was about figuring out if I'm going to take a step to say, you know, what, I'm willing to be different and even get made fun of. And I was reading a quote, a book about Winston Churchill, and a quote that was accredited to him was that he said, um, if you have enemies good, it means you stood for something at least once in your life. And I was like thinking, how could having enemies be a good thing? I just couldn't get that. And then it was also reading John 16, 33, when, when Jesus is talking to his disciples the night before he goes to the cross, and they totally don't get it. Just like me, a lot of my life, I totally don't get it, and I just miss it. And he looks at them, and he says, for in me you have peace. In the world, you're going to have trials and tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And it's like when you when you look at this trials and tribulation and you look at, okay, it's okay to have enemies and you're thinking about this. It's like what it was doing in my life was God was working to say, you know what? Like, I want you to live by your convictions, not by just pleasing people. And there's going to be times in your life where you're going to have to choose your convictions over pleasing. And pleasing's not wrong, but choosing to do what's right and honor me is more important. And that was something I've always wrestled with. But it's why we talk in the book about choosing your convictions over your emotions. Because if your emotions lead your life, you're going to have a roller coaster life. But if convictions lead your life, significance leads it. What's the difference, though? What's a conviction? Like versus just, we know what the emotions are and we're all prone to follow them. But what does the word conviction mean to you? And first, I want to say that emotions don't necessarily always mean bad, but it can be good one day. Your emotions can say, man, I want to help people. I want to serve people. I want to love people. But the next day you can be like, dude, I'm pissed at people. I don't want to. I don't want to get out. I don't want to do it. But what convictions are to me is a deeply rooted set of beliefs. And a lot of times a conviction comes from biblical truth. And so I want to weigh what I believe is my conviction with biblical truth. And it's also what I would say is God's promises. What are God's promises? 
God's promises are that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are one of one, that we're created in love, by love, and for love, that the um, uh, what the angel said, the good news, the great joy, which should be for all the people. You know, it's, it's God's truth over and over and over. We are more than conquerors for him who loved us. Like you could keep going over God's promises. And so you take those promises and then you apply that to your life and then other people's life as well. So then it's like, wait a second. If I believe that what Jesus did on the cross counted for me, and I believe it's for all the people, then it has to count for this person and this person and this person. Then if I believe that all people were created in the image of God and all have worth and value, well, wait a second. Do I treat them as such? And then if you believe that Jesus died for all people and you believe they're all image bearers, they all have worth and value, and then you see hurting people, you know what that leads to? that you better freaking go help them. Then you better go help them because if not, what you're really saying to God is, God, I know that you died for them. I know that you love them. I know that they have great worth and value, but they don't have enough worth and value to me to go out of my way to go love and serve them. So really what I'm saying is, yeah, that's probably my mission, but I have more important things to do than what you want me to do. Because if they were, if they were important enough for God to send his son to go be the propitiation for us, the payment that satisfies the ransom for us, if he was willing to be made sin so that we could be made right with him, we're really saying, hey, that was all, your sacrifice was awesome, but my time is more awesome than to go love them and serve them. And a lot of times we get fooled into thinking that, okay, finding my mission, finding my purpose, if it's not seen by a lot of people, if it's not high visibility kind of stuff, if it's not, if I'm not getting a pat on the back, and there it goes back to our motivations too. I know you're somebody who obviously you've had the pat on the back, you've had the accolades, you've won the awards, you've achieved the heights of success in multiple different lanes, and you, you've gone after it, you've achieved it, and you've seen it. And yet I'm watching what Tim Tebow does with the Tim Tebow Foundation, and I'm watching how you've decided, like you just said, the least of these. Do I really believe that every single person matters to God? Well, then I better go do something about the least of these who need to know that they're not forgotten, That's right. that they're not unloved, that they matter, that they too have a mission. What happens when people get so caught up in the spotlight or um, you know, what you kind of refer to as the big ticket actions and the things that get the glory on social media you're encouraging readers that significance exists within each day yes how do we go about doing that like when life seems routine when life seems mundane here you are you're talking about no there's significance in each day god's called us to be beyond the spotlight just literally you talk a little bit about the tim tebow foundation and and the why of that and how people can take part in the everyday significance well yeah that's our mission is to fight for people that can't fight for themselves and we're, we're blessed to do it all around the world and we actually just got back from africa where we're building another hospital opening a campus for girls who've been trafficked rescuing babies that are getting thrown away in orphanages but I got to tell you, even coming back from the trip, I was convicted because on the ground, we yes, we had a mission mindset, but I even was getting off the plane and I was like, dang, Timmy, you're kind of an idiot because on the ground, we were literally all about our mission. But then in, on the flights in between the countries and stuff, I was like convicted because I was like, I use that as a time of rest rather than continuing the mission. And see, that's what happens to so many of us is we think the mission is only when we're on a mission trip or the mission is only when we're on discipleship or this visit or this um, evangelism or whatever. And the, the mission is every day. There's not a start and a stop. As long as you have breath, you have purpose and you have a mission. So it is when you go to work. It is when you go to your job. It is when you go to lunch. And, and for me, I was convicted Man, it was on the plane. It was on the people I'm sitting next to. And, and honestly, I was convicted of this uh, two days ago, right after we finished Good Morning America. We go to this little fresh marketplace in New York before we go to this CBS studios and we stop. And one of my, my teammates is in the, um, the checkout line and they're saying, what are y'all doing here? And he's like, oh, we're just talking about this book, Mission Possible, and how we can all create a life that counts. And literally the lady goes, I have no purpose. Wow. And then she goes, the only reason I'm alive is for my cat. And uh, I was uh, just a few feet away, but I was listening to it. And man, I was so grieved again. But I also remember why we're doing it. Wow. It's so that we could tell her so that she would know she's not just alive for her cat. There's so much more. Listen, I love animals. And I believe God loves animals, but God yeah. loves her more. 
God loves her so much and she does have purpose. And it's like, man, it's not just when I'm talking about the book on, on air. It's in the moments in between. It's, man, it's, it's her right now. So many of those times where we got to remember the mission isn't yeah. just on a mission trip. The mission is in every moment we get to bring that. We get to know that. And we get to go live that. I thought you were going to say you got convicted because when she said she was just here for her cat, you told her you were a dog person. <laughs> but I'm glad you didn't say that. That is a true story. <laughs> No, but I'm There's probably a good chance that God does love dogs more than cats. I'm no. just saying. <laughs> okay. Now you're going to get some complaints. I'm going to get send, crushed over that. I'm just send, kidding, guys. Just send your complaints to Tim Tebow. Not to the Matthew West podcast. <laughs> it seems at the start of every new year, I have at least one hiring need for my team. I wonder if you're in the same boat. Maybe you've got some ambitious hiring goals. Well, no sweat because you're not waiting for the right candidates to find you. You're finding them first with Indeed. I love Indeed. And if you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. It's that easy. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need just one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you'll get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash West. That offer is valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash West to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash West. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Being a human is exhausting. Living this life is exhausting. Everyone, for every one of us, it doesn't matter who you are or what you have or what you're going through, life takes its toll. Amen? One common stressor is how we give away our power. You can't control what someone else does or what happens to you, but you can control how you choose to respond. That's how you keep your power, and therapy can help you learn this. It's not just a Jedi mind trick, all right? It's learning what you're capable of. And as our resident therapist says, when life gives you lemons, you can either make lemonade or squeeze them into your eye. It's your choice. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So go make some lemonade. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Matthew S. Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MWP. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E. ELP.com slash MWP. Guys, I want to tell you about an organization that I am so proud to be partnering with right now. Um, this is an app that's going to help you in a big way. According to New York Times, more than twice as many kids have been exposed to pornography online as their parents even realize. Now, as a dad, that's a terrifying statistic. But Canopy, a new next generation digital parenting app, is here to make the internet safer for kids by ensuring they never see graphic sexual content, even by accident, all right? Canopy blocks explicit images and videos on every single website. Its advanced AI filtering technology works on smartphones, tablets, and computers. To learn more, visit canopy.us slash west and use promo code west at checkout to get 30 days free and 15% off forever. Unfortunately, the internet is full of explicit content, but with Canopy, your internet doesn't have to be.
Here's the thing, Tim, and this is the struggle too. You know, as a sometimes I feel like I'm a professional Christian. Like, you know, I've been I'm a preacher's kid. I've always lived out my personal faith in a public platform. And there's this tendency when I get off stage to it's almost like you're punching a clock. And I've gotten convicted in the best way so many times where I feel like the Lord's showing me, like, when it comes to his mission that he has for me, there is no punching of a clock. That's there right. is no nine to five. A lot of That's times, right. the why of why I go to a city to perform or the why of why you fly to a city to speak, we might think we're there for the audience that we have been booked to speak or perform in front of, but then we might have a chance encounter along the way that where God shows us that it wasn't a chance encounter after all. And it may have been for you to come face to face with that lady who literally said, I have, you, you think you're going there for good morning America, but the Lord leads you to that salad place to have that moment where he rocks your world, open your eyes again, and gives you a chance to speak life into somebody who's struggling. It's exactly right. And I a hundred percent agree and relate to you. And that is something that um, I, I even try to have people around me that help me remind me of that because you do get so busy and then you go from one thing to the next and you got to remember and you got to remind yourself. That's literally one reason that our fifth non-negotiable is to never forget. In 22 times in Deuteronomy, Moses reminds the Israelites, like, wouldn't, wouldn't you think if 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 you were just part of the of God's Parting the Red Sea, like you'd be like, no one ever has to tell me to remember God's faithfulness. No one ever has to tell me to remember. Like, I would not forget. But honestly, I probably would because God has performed awesome things in my life. Like, never parted the Red Sea, but he's done a lot of cool things. But yet I forget so fast. And you know what? The Israelites, they started to forget and they started to do a whole lot of different things. So 22 times, Moses reminds them. Do not forget or remember. And you know what? That's why it's our fifth non-negotiable, so that we remember. So we remember all of God's promises. So we remember God's faithfulness. So that it's it's in those moments that I have people that remind me, no, man, it's not just when you're on stage. It's with the, the driver afterwards. It's not just when you're when you're having a chance to write a book, but it's with the person that is it is helping work on the book or the person that delivered the book. Every single one of those moments is just as important as we think the big moment is. And it's something that I've been convicted of as well. And it's an area where I want people to help keep me accountable because I am so so driven and competitive that you're going, going, going. And so when I don't see it because of my vantage point, I want the people around me that are going to grab me and say, hey, this person right here, you just walk right by him. And I don't want to walk by him. I don't want to yes. walk by him because that, that is such a, a deeply rooted conviction that I wanted. Even a few times um, that we were on, we had a chance to go speak at a few things that were really cool, man. I was just sitting in the car beforehand. I just thought, man, like just God, I am so unworthy of even having the chance to do this. Like this is unreal. You know, with some of our team, we just wanted to stop and pray and say like, God, I'm choosing right now to be grateful. Let me be grateful for this. Let me just not let this pass by. Let me not let this just go through the motions, but let me embrace it. All the people from the, the CEOs to the janitors, because you don't care about one more than the other. So don't let me care about one more than the other. Come on. And that's what you're pointing to. That's where the hope is. Anybody listening to this right now, if you're struggling to go, where's my significance? This challenge, exactly what you're saying, Tim, is there is significance for each one of us in every single second of our lives. And it's sometimes it's the most overlooked moments of our lives where God's saying, are you paying attention? I can use you in great and powerful ways. Uh, and in measure, I can do immeasurably more than you could even dream. If you're paying attention, if you'll let me lead you into your mission, it may not always be easy. It may come with obstacles. It may come with challenges, but the center of God's will for your life, being on mission, there is no better place to be. And you're living proof of that. You talk about the five non-negotiables or are there more than five? No, there, there's just five that we have and, and we're always willing to do more. But these are five that we prayed about that we talked about that I felt convicted by. And I'm happy to share them. Number one is that we're believers. We're believers in a big God. We're believers in his son, Jesus. We're believers in what he did on the cross. We're believers that accounted for us. And we're believers. We're here for a reason. And we can help create change by loving people. Number two is that we are all image bearers. 
We don't get to play God, we get to serve God. You see a lot of people say, oh, you know, they want to play God about who they serve, about who they like, about who's more important than other people. No, we are all image bearers. Jesus died for all, period. We don't get to play God, we get to serve God. And he loves all, we better love all. That's one and two. Number three is that we're on a rescue mission. And why we say rescue mission is because it gives us a sense of urgency. When's the last time you heard rescue mission taking place in five years? No, rescue mission means now. It gives us a sense of urgency. And what we say is we want to live on their timeline, not just our timeline. There's so many people that are like, man, one day when I get it all together, one day when I have savings, one day when I have my 401k, one, you know, one day when I have retirement, I'm going to go on a mission trip. Yeah. How many people got raped? How many people were abandoned? How many people died while you were waiting for your retirement? Right. And that was something that was convicting to me to say, no, we can't live on our timeline. We have to live on their timeline. We have to live with a sense of urgency. That means right now we have to go. And that's something that we is uh, is honestly is one of the biggest burdens on my heart it is to go and to get to those lives all around the world. And number four is that there's power when we come together. I believe that's biblical. I think we see it when two or more are gathered. I said, I'm going to show up, you know, but I also believe that in a bigger sense of churches why do so many churches uh, non-denominations say you know what? we're not going to work together of nonprofits, we're not going to work together and so our mindset was there's power when we come together because i believe to come together what you have to do is you have to say the mission is more important than the credit and so many times i believe why we don't work together is because the credit is more important than the mission and i believe when we do that what we're really saying is God, I sort of like believe in this and I'm a part of this, but I still want credit for doing this and I don't want to do that. I want to say the mission, they are more important than the credit and we have to be willing to do that. And so we want to bring people, hey, listen, if you love Jesus, you love people, come on. We want to work with you. We want to find partners because the only way for us to really push back the darkness, first of all, God can do whatever he wants. But, you know, we have to have the mindset of it. It depends on us, too. We, we have the, the faith and we pray like it, knowing that it depends on God. But we have to work like it depends on us. And the way that we can get to more orphans and more special needs and more traffic victims is if we all say, hey, you know, we're on one team. It's not TTF. It's not Matthew West. It's not this church. It's not this denomination. It's one team. It's God's team. We're all in and let's all go. Right. When we do that now, we can affect so many more. And then the fifth one is that we can never forget. We can never forget the cross. We can never forget what God's done. We can never forget how he touched our life. I can never forget when God called me when I was in the Philippines. I can never forget when he opened my eyes and he pricked my heart. And you know what? That's our five non-negotiables. And love it. we have that so that we don't have mission drift. Mission drift. Thank you for sharing that because anybody listening to this right now is probably going to rewind, write those down again, because that's, that's game changing stuff right there. Those five non-negotiables to avoid mission drift, as you said it. And this book is going to help so many people, including the one who's talking right now, to avoid mission drift because God has us each here for a reason, Tim. You've reminded every single person who's listening to this, everybody who's going to pick up your book is going to be reminded that they have a purpose, they have a calling, and when they start taking hold of the promise that God has offered to each one of us, that he knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper, not to harm, plans to give us a hope and a future, we have a mission. And I want to thank you so much for reminding every single one of us that. Here's my last question for you, all right? We're going to take Mission Possible right back to the beginning of where the mission begins. When when you decided to take up your calling of God on your life, when your faith became real to you, I ask every single guest the question. I love to hear when people talk about the moment where their faith became real. They felt God knocking at the door of their heart and their answer was, all right, my life is a story but I know that I'm not the author. So I'm going to place the pen back in his hands. I call it a blue couch story because I was on a blue couch asking Jesus into my heart, watching a Billy Graham crusade. So would you share the moment where the mission began to first take shape for Tim Tebow when you heard God calling you and you said, all right, Lord, I'm all yours. I'm all in. 
A hundred percent. It was when I was a young boy and I went to church over and over again. And we would go to the Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, Bible studies, Tuesday nights, hit a few in between, all of them. And my parents would say to me over and over again, hey, Timmy, do you, do you want to accept Jesus? Do you want to go forward? Do you want to accept him into your heart? And I would say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm good. And so many times I knew I wanted to. I just didn't. What we were talking about before about pleasing people, I didn't want to get up and walk in front of everybody. I didn't want to do it. I was lying in, in my bed and I was so scared because I knew that I knew about Jesus and that I believed he died for me, but I knew I didn't know him because I had rejected him over and over and over again. And I was so scared lying in my bed and I couldn't sleep and I got up super early and I ran to go see my mom standing in front in our living room on a blue couch. My dad was outside working on the farm, and I said, Mom, I have to ask Jesus into my heart now. She said, okay, let me go get your dad. And I said, no, we don't have time. And so she understood <laughs> my urgency. Yes. yes. She got down on her knees, and so did I. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart and forgive me of my sin and come into my life. And he did instantly that day. And I went from darkness to light. I was adopted into the family of God. And I know that moment I had a home in heaven. And uh, it was the best day of my life. It was the best decision of my life. The mission began. And uh, here we are, two grown men who uh, were led to Christ praying with our moms. I got this. <laughs> my mom was sitting next to me. And the mission began. And can we, can we just soak this up for a second, Tim? And anybody listening to this right now, can we soak this up that while we're, we've been focusing on the mission that God has for our lives and how we want to make sure we don't experience mission drift, but can we just soak up the splendor and the beauty of this news that God has been on a mission mm. from day one to pursue our hearts. And he loved us that much that he sent his only son, Jesus, right. to die on a cross for our sins. That is the life-changing message of, of the gospel. The gospel is a message of God's pursuit. He's been on a mission for us. And he's saying, I love you. I know you. I've got great plans for you. Don't waste this one life that I've given you to live. So, man, I'm just, I'm fired up by it. And on his mission for us, there was a payment. There was a sacrifice. And he said, instead of it being you, let it be me. That's the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is there had on that mission is it wasn't going to be a clean getaway. Someone was going to pay the price. And he said, let it be me. And that's the truth of the gospel. There is a gravity, a seriousness, a realness to the gospel that is not of just a, about the story of someone 2,000 years ago. No, it's this person that is so real and tangible and he loves you. And he said, I love you so much, I'll pay the price. That's what the rescue mission is all about. And, and my pastor, like my pastor always says, he says, once you've been rescued, you're on the rescue team. Go tell people about it. Tim, man, I can't thank you enough for firing me up. I know everybody listening to this is fired up too. And uh, so thankful for that reminder of the mission we have. We're called to be on the rescue team, the mission that took place to come and rescue us right. and uh, to walk that out every single day. The Tim Tebow Foundation, timtebowfoundation.org. We're going to post a link to your ministry so people can find out all the amazing work you're doing beyond the spotlight. They know about all the other stuff. We're going to post a link to uh, the Mission Possible book. And I don't know if your team told you, but you hit the jackpot today because it's been a proven scientific fact that everybody who comes on the Matthew West podcast immediately sells a million copies of their book. <laughs> I don't know how this happens, but it's just, I mean, it's crazy influence. So uh, you're welcome. Okay. You're so awesome, man. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Seriously. Thank you so much for your, your genuine love for Jesus and for people. Every time from the first time I, I met you in person in Dallas, every time I've seen you along the way, you can't help but know that you're real, that you're authentic, that you love the Lord and you love people. And it's, it's just never been about fame and stuff, man. And so I'm just so grateful. Well, you keep up the great work. Thank you for those kind words. And uh, I want to find ways that I love how you said we're all on the same team. And I want to find ways that our ministry can lock arms with the Tim Tebow Foundation because everything I see and the people around you, I'm taking so much away from today's conversation, the non-negotiables, the mission. So thank you so much. I know you got a crazy schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Tebow, hear a huge arena in your head cheering for you, Tim, even though it's just me right now. All right. Oh, you're the best, man. I appreciate you. Thank you truly for having me on. And uh, man, this was a wonderful conversation. Or at least I really enjoyed it. So thank you. 
All right, now it's time for songs from the story house. Today's song from the story house is inspired by how completely fired up I am right now by talking to Tim Tebow. I swear, I felt like I was in a a locker room, the locker room of life, and Coach Tebow was getting me fired up to leave it all on the field, as my coach used to say. He never said it to me. You know, he would he would go to other guys and say, you left it all on the field, and I always wanted him to say that to me, but he never did. But when it comes to being on the field of life, guys, we want to leave it all on the field, meaning we, we were on mission, and we chased after it, and we ran our race with perseverance, and we didn't get off mission. We kept our eyes on Jesus, and we, we focused on what really matters, man. Tim Tebow fires me up because he's the living uh, embodiment of what that looks like. He's literally doing that. And I'm not talking about on the football field. I'm not talking about all of his other successes. It's what he's doing with the Tim Tebow Foundation, how he's speaking into other people's lives, how he's standing strong in his faith. I want to be like that, right? And I know you do too. And so I want to dedicate today's song from the Story House to my buddy Tim Tebow and uh, play a little bit of a song that is my heart cry. I'm going all in. Head first into the deep end. I want to go all in for Jesus, and I know you do too. Take a listen to this little bit of a chorus and get fired up to leave it all on the field. He's my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why the last segment of today's show is called Dad Vice. Play that music. He is my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me once again today. Thanks, Matthew. It's always an honor. You just got a shout out in the previous segments of the show with my interview with Tim Tebow. He mentioned you. Is that right? Yeah. He was talking about how one of the guys that helps him on yes. his team is yeah. someone that you prayed for. Yeah. So I told him you'd be flipping out that Tim Tebow oh, man. mentioned you. How cool is that? <laughs> that you next were, to Jesus, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you were on Tim Tebow's mind. Yes. <laughs> which leads us into the theme for today's dad advice, right? Yes. Yes. We're going to talk about first on his mind and... Uh, Matthew, on I, God's I, mind, not Tim Tebow's mind, right? Right, okay. right. <laughs> First on God's mind, and uh, Matthew, I've talked to quite a few people in these past few weeks, and many of them will bring up your new song, Me on Your Mind, and telling us how much God has touched them and used them uh, through this song. I just want to quote some of the first lines. I read the words in red, how you left the 99 
to find the one missing feels like that was written with me on your mind. Two great verses, Psalm 4017, I am poor and weak, yet the Lord is thinking about me right now. And Psalm 8:4, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? Four quick things about we are on his mind. One, we were on his mind when we were born. Psalm 139:16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We were on his mind before we were born. What a powerful thought. Secondly, we are on his mind 24-7. First thing on his mind is you and me. Psalm 139, 17 and 18, it says, how precious are your thoughts about me. They cannot be numbered. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you are still with me, still thinking of me. Some of you out there might be thinking, does anyone think of me? I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Matthew, but once in a while, I'll get a phone call and somebody will say, hey, I was just thinking of you and, and just wanted to see how you were doing. Sometimes, again, we wonder, does anyone think about us? And then on the other hand, I met, talked with people and seen people maybe I hadn't seen for a while, and they forgot my name. And they call me pal and buddy. And uh, sometimes I've used that also. But the fact is that Jesus calls us. He's the one that has us on his mind. Yeah. And then thirdly, we were on his mind at the cross. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And fourthly, our destination was on his mind, heaven. John 14, 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would go to prepare a place for you, for where I am, you will be also. Remember, everything that God has done, past, present, and future, has always been with you and me on your mind. We were on his mind when we were born. We're on his mind 24-7. We were on his mind at the cross, and our destination is on his mind. Heaven is waiting for us. Remember this. There's not one decision or one step that God has ever taken without thinking of you first. You and I were always a part of his plan. That'll preach. Thank you, Dad. Hey, thank you, Matthew. All right, my friends, that is our show for today. Thanks to Tim Tebow for joining me. I've wanted him on the show ever since I launched the podcast. I kid you not, that was one of the first names on my list when I was first dreaming up this podcast. And it's because of what exactly what you just heard. It's because of who he is and uh, how God's gifted him to fire up fellow believers to to be on mission. So thanks to Tim Tebow. Be sure to go check out his book, Mission Possible. We're going to post a link, of course, uh, at the official podcast page, which is matthewwest.com slash podcast. And uh, of course, you know, just type it in at Amazon and get it wherever you want. But don't miss your chance to read that book and be encouraged further by what Tim and what God's doing through Tim's life and his platform. Thanks to my dad, as always. And uh, one last reminder, come join us on the road. It's going to be so epic, the brand-new tour. I'm about to get on the bus, and uh, we'd love to have you come and worship with us. Go to brandnewtour.com to find out where we are going to be. We just announced, actually, five new uh, shows to close out our tour in May in Florida. So uh, we're going to be all across the country. We hope you'll come and worship with us. All right, go make the most of the one life you get. Remember, God has great plans for you, all right? It's your story for His glory. I'll see you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do. <laughs>